One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Good morning, young Patricia. How's your day going? Well, it's very good. Thank you very much. So far, so good. But I wanted to put a little dilemma that I had yesterday to you, a little lunchtime dilemma. So oh, I went I like to that. where the bread products are kept because I thought, right, I'm going to have a nice seedy bagel for my lunch. Um, <laughs> there was a bit of mould on the bagel. Now, did I A, throw it in the bin? Did I B, cut the mould off and eat it anyway? Um, I know you very well, Trish. There would have to be some kind of 30 second warning to a massive explosion for you to throw mouldy food in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I suspect you cut it off. I did. It. I cut it off and ate it and I'm still alive. So I'm assuming <laughs> I'm still here to tell the tale. Yeah, mouldy food. I think I'm just of the generation and of parentage that was like, you do not waste anything. Not a scrap. Not a scrap. Yes, not my mum used to say, what's wrong with you? Just eat it. Just eat it. It all mm. goes in, in and out the same way. Mm. Anyway, when you very... say seedy bagel, do you know yes. what I immediately thought? I think you meant to say seeded bagel, didn't you? Because oh. a seedy bagel is oh. one that lives on the dark side of the bread cupboard, isn't it? That's Doing true. Well, it, sw- it switched over once that mould started sprouting, yeah, I would seedy. say. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife. I'm Trish Halpin. And I'm Lorraine Candy, and we're on a mission to help you make the most of your magnificent midlife. We'll be tackling everything from mind and body wellness to HRT and your sex drive. Trish and I are here to help you have a stylish second act and answer all your midlife questions on fashion, beauty, careers, relationships, family, and as always, the challenges and joys of parenting teens. So I've been looking forward to this episode because I knew I would be getting to spend some hot and sweaty time with you, Lorraine. You're going to stop me right there, <laughs> Trish. Let me explain to the listeners because um, we've actually been away on a fitness retreat. There's no uh, hot and sweaty, funny business between us, unless you count climbing a tree, mm-hmm. lots of exercise, yoga, pond, cold pond, dipping, saunering. This episode is all about a wellness reset, escaping for a couple of days to refresh your mind and body and meet some other fabulous women while you're at it. Yes, we'll be telling you all about our adventure shortly. And our guest this week is the font of all knowledge on retreats because she has made a very successful 30-year career out of it. She is Caroline Silger-Jones, aka Queen of Retreats. And she's going to be sharing her tips and recommendations as well as telling us about her interesting life story and how having her first child in her 40s is shaping her midlife now. Before that, though, I thought I should get something straight here, Trish. Um, You did a bit of name dropping, didn't you, on the Facebook group recently. (laughs) Now, who does the name dropping on the show, Trish? (laughs) Not you, is it? Well, I know you like to think that's your department, don't you? But I couldn't resist. And I was actually trying to be helpful in the process (laughs) because um, lovely Orla on the group posted a picture of an outfit she was planning to wear to an event with Camilla 
Duchess of Cornwall. Your Duchess, Duchess of Cornwall. Um, yes, a very nice emerald coloured jumpsuit it was. And she wanted some advice about whether uh, or not people thought it was appropriate to wear to Clarence House. And um, having met the future Queen, I felt it my duty to reassure her that it was perfect and that Camilla is really relaxed and, and extremely nice and rather fun, I thought, when I met where, her. Where did you meet the future Queen? Um, at Buckingham Palace. Right. <laughs> okay. You weren't collecting some kind of gong, were you? <laughs> no. No, I wish. No, no, no. Uh, well, obviously, I can't let that go past without trumping you. Because <laughs> I have actually met the Queen. Oh. She had a reception for the fashion industry, and we mm. all had to, at Buckingham Palace, obviously we all had to go to the loo and have a look at that. And it's a little mm. bit dusty and old, is all I can mm. say, a bit chintzy. And then when we met her, we had to queue up. I'm sure I've told this story before. Well, I, I love that you're telling this story because I, I, I was there as well. So. Okay. <laughs> okay, were you? I was. I've met the you, Queen at Did you, Palace. Um, mm-hmm. the holding, the gloves. Oh, That's the gloves. fascinated yes. me. She does all the handshaking, yes. but because pre um before covid as well glove holding so she didn't get germs she's tiny isn't she the queen mm, mm, yes mm, well that's okay. enough of our royal shenanigans. enough of our royal shenanigans uh but anyway let's get back to the jumpsuit because yeah. it really was rather gorgeous and a brand i hadn't heard of before uh called nancy mac mm. um which is this quite 40s kind of vintage inspired dresses tops and jumpsuits and really lovely colors and lovely velvets and guess what they have your favorite kimonos <gasps> as well Kimono. so i was really pleased to discover that thanks to uh, another Ola. source of kimonos mm. well i'll have to check that out and for anyone who is looking for some style inspiration we have got a fashion and denim expert coming on the show in a couple of weeks we'll be starting a thread on our private facebook group where you can post any questions you have about finding the perfect jeans or anything else to do with midlife style it comes up so much doesn't it the perfect jean the midlife jean yes it does absolutely but i think we should crack on with the show and head off on our retreat <laughs> Now we've come to the part of the show where it's time for me to go all Judith Chalmers on you, Trish, because Mm -hmm. this episode is a sort of modern version of our old telly favourite, Wish You Were Here. Do you remember that from the 80s? I do. Love Judith. Very good tan. Very good tanning. (laughs) She did have, yeah. Well, Judith is 86 now and travel has changed beyond recognition since the days she would spirit us away to all-you-can-eat lunch buffets on the Costa del Sol. (laughs) Nowadays, especially in midlife, we want something different from our trips. And today we're going to explore the biggest trend in travel right now, and that's the wellness break or retreat, something more and more women of our age are seeking. Yes, they are. And a survey last year, in fact, showed that what people want from the multi-million pound wellness tourism industry is a mindset refresh. Um, 63% of travellers quiz said they put mental wellness above anything else when it comes to retreats. So it's less about activity holidays, as they used to be called, and more about body and soul kind of getting what they need from a break. Yes. Um, but where do you start? I mean, how do you find the right retreat for you? So we've got a guest, Caroline Silga-Jones, is coming on later to answer that question. But Trish and I went off to test a retreat for ourselves, packed our gym kit, our swimming cozies, our best underwear, Trish, mm-hmm. and headed off on the train to the countryside to go to Steed Court, which is a grade two listed house near Ashford in Kent. And we experienced some rejuvenating and rebalancing, as their website promised. Yes, we did. And actually, Steed Court um, is a kind of private fitness retreat place and it offers bespoke retreats hosted by personal trainer Catherine Friedland who's this really lovely warm friendly midlife woman herself and her ethos is more about tranquility and how to manage stress rather 
rather than boot camps with 5 a.m. yoga sessions where you go on sugar fast diets and survive on an olive for three days. <laughs> well, thank God for that, because I am not down for that kind of break. And as you know, Trish, controversially, I am not keen on the spa because I don't like to be touched. So I'm not mm. keen on all that massaging and facials. Um, but I did like this retreat because really because of Catherine, actually, she is what they call an A-list trainer. She once trained Kate Blanchett. That's a good old name drop, isn't it? And she ran her own successful fitness business in London before buying Steed Court and moving out of town to run it as a retreat. And she's made it so welcoming. What we liked about her, I think, is this more relaxed and informed attitude to what women may need specifically and personally Mm. on a retreat. So we spent two days with Catherine and she was very much about listening to each of us individually and asking what our own nutrition, fitness, reset needs um, were. She took a kind of holistic view and because what's she took a kind of holistic view because what's right for me it's not right for you is it Trish yeah no exactly because everybody needs something different but it is nice to go together I think is, yeah. the, is the thing the kind yeah. of friends thing they can be hard to do on your own so a trip like this can often be the beginning of a journey you take into the future so it's the kind of thing actually I think I would have liked to have done it for yeah. my 50th birthday instead of getting presents it's like almost like if friends club together for a present yeah. to send you on a retreat or to even Catherine said she'd had a hen night there didn't she with exactly. six friends yeah. who've gone and done that instead which we thought was really lovely um, I mean it is a bit of a luxury spend it is kind of something that's an investment and maybe something you want to do for a special occasion I think you have to view something like this as investing in change and your chance mm. to change things you might want to sort of shift your mindset somehow and feel a little bit blocked and I think particularly when it comes to exercise and dieting and nutrition you sort of have to go somewhere to begin that journey rather than doing Mm. it yourself at home and actually she was so full of great advice Mm. and specific advice to each of us I kind of came away with a list of things that would make my life healthier day to day which was you know I think that's worth investing in um, for a holiday and it was so far away from that boot camp feel it was really enjoyable yeah and because you're sort of living it because you're there you're in Catherine's house um, yeah it's almost like you're living this sort of kind of style of life and you can learn a bit yeah. more how to bring those things into your everyday life and I think the setting was lovely because obviously yes. it was in the countryside which is we, we, as we dream know, is my dream, dream isn't it? and actually that is the kind of being in nature is one of the biggest tr- uh, trends in wellness um, of course and um, you know Steve Court is this lovely beautiful five-bedroom house and it's got um Nelly the Labrador on Nelly hand. In the lab. oh, she loved watching you in stroke. that sauna, didn't she? <laughs> and she uh she was there to witness our outdoor exercise sessions <laughs> Poor and Nelly. dip in the freezing cold pond. And um interestingly, because she's a black labrador, and my black labrador would have been straight in there. So she's not a watery labrador. But anyway, she's very lovely. And uh, I think she's more of a heat dog because she would have tried to get in that yeah. sauna if she yeah. could, wouldn't she? She would have yes. done. So shall we talk about what we did on a day-to-day yeah. basis and what why it was different? for Mm. you um to me so Mm. we got up not horribly early which I think obviously you can choose and then we did a personal training session in the grounds and they are so beautiful kind of overlooking is it an oat house Trish, oast. oast house Not overlooking oat. the oast, oast. house yeah. beside the pond and it was a proper personal training session with weights um and stuff you could do for posture and for core so we did that with Catherine an elite uh, but trainer. say what the weights were what were the, the weights? weights were logs they were logs yes yeah you mm. and your little hands holding <laughs> My the logs. little biceps and the logs <laughs> 
we, that. we mm. also did yoga on the mm. deck overlooking the pond mm. and we did two cold dips which we know cold water is very good for you and in between that we had really healthy meals we, we'd ask for that kind of uh, food that we liked so that I mean we could have had wine as well um, with our evening meal but the day went I found really quickly yeah no it did it really did we did some meditation we did some mindfulness and Catherine was very much kind of what do we want to get out of it but I have to say her cooking was amazing we had really great food we had a a lovely sort of sweet potato and chickpea soup for lunch I'd never done this before like she chopped up some halloumi and then dry fried it in a pan with some pumpkin seeds and and popped that on top which is lovely so I fried it in a wok Trish we had in a wok for dinner in a wok I know she yes. just I know but I was I've never seen a wok used in outside of a restaurant environment oh, I see right okay yes so she did that and then we had a lovely curry she'd made some lovely granola for breakfast so it is very much kind of really lovely personal um kind of warm thing so I went there with the aim of for me because I do quite a lot of exercise and fitness but I feel like I wanted to change things up a bit and I've never done really been an outdoor exercise apart from my walk active I don't really do exercise outdoor as you're quite a big fan of that so I quite fancy giving that a go but I wanted to kind of make sure that I wasn't doing anything pushing myself too much and hurting my back because you know I have an ongoing bad back so that that's kind of what I was looking for out of it as well as the old relaxation spending some fun time with you yeah, we did have fun, didn't we? Once you'd mm. worked out which way you wanted to sit on the train. <laughs> <laughs> That's my emotional sickness. I had to make you swap size. I have to face to forwards. Resolved yes. before we could do anything and the yeah, before we even got about there. what we were going to wear and how we were going to wear it because you like to be really really prepared. Oh, prepared totally I have to be prepared definitely it's like taking a sort of quite demanding child away with me mm, mm. <laughs> um I what I wanted to do was try and find some sense of routine because I'm a bit scattergun about my mm. exercise and it's really busy um in my house at the moment and I what I was doing was lots of different things all the time and I think that you when you can't change your routine you don't don't quite know what to do for right and she what Catherine actually was write a routine for me Mm, which was mm -hmm. great so I do do a lot of outdoor exercise because I go a bit mad um in the gym and I do probably too much hit type exercise um even though I've tried to avoid that and what Catherine did was was slow it all down a little bit Mm -hmm. so do one of these one exercise session outside stop the running because what did we discover Trish that when I moan about my knees I'm not actually moaning about they are genuinely all over the place yeah, they aren't they? Are. they're the worst she knees was, in she history she was quite taken with your knees wasn't she trying to help you yes. sort them out because <laughs> very common they do go a bit bit all in all sorts of directions yes Yes. uh, so resolve your knees and think about your wobbly ankles so if you've got any of those kind of issues and this is why I think it's probably worth investing in something like that you would probably hire a trainer to come and help you set a program but with this you get the program you get the advice and Mm -hmm. she will video it for you if you want and she'll do little videos and send them afterwards of you exercising pointing out how to correct your posture and things like that and that I think is really worth having Mm. so 
I wish well, she has done some for us because posture and knees um, mm. really, really important in midlife. And often we've ruined them by our kind of Jane Fonda behavior in the run up to midlife. So um, we've got some videos of Catherine showing us facing here, which we're going to be putting on the Facebook uh, yeah. group for you. The other thing that I found really interesting was her approach to yoga and meditation because the mm. yoga was kind of a blend. It wasn't a specific form of yoga. Um, and I've always thought you've got to absolutely get it right in yoga and actually you 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 don't Mm -hmm. (laughs) you just have to find your place in in the pose and the meditation is just really sitting quietly for some period of time so Trish and I sat in the lounge by the fire on the floor and we didn't speak for 10 century massive 17th century massive kind of big fireplace on sitting on flagstone once we'd got you the right cushion and the right wall to lean against the hole Exactly. We were fine. Exactly. Um, I found it very uncomfortable sitting there not doing anything for oh. 10 minutes, but I could see you went straight into meditation. Oh, I, was, I loved it because it was sort of day two, wasn't it? And I was in the zone. I think if we'd had to do it on day one, I might have been fidgeting yeah. and worrying that I got all the right kit and, and all of that sort of thing. But we'd kind of eased into it and we were very relaxed with Catherine by that point because we'd spent yeah. so much time with her and, and it was just very comfortable, which I really liked. And I think one of the other... The other things for me was that I have since lockdown taken to um, don't really go to classes anymore with other people or, or with instructors. No. I'm doing a lot of stuff. I'm doing it on my own. You have retreated into your bedroom, haven't you? Oh, well, yeah, exactly. So I'm doing the kind of hit workouts and things at home on video with my gym membership. And I'll go to the gym to do swimming and then the occasional body pump. But what I really liked was being with an expert who could adjust me whether it was yoga or and and you you do need to check in so however well you think you know you do need to kind of check in every now and then and that was a really good opportunity for me and she did that waist exercise that I've never ever done before you know where we were holding the the logs the massive big look to the sheep look to the pond oh my goodness yeah and we were sort of standing there with our arms kind of straight out in a windmill and then we were leaning to one side and then the other and um, anyway we've got a video of that as well we've got a video of Catherine doing that I've never done that exercise before so you'll always learn something new Um, but now can we just talk about the fact that I know that you said that I was behaving like a child or going on holiday I am like a toddler yeah well you're like an eight-year-old I'm probably like a three-year-old no you were like a teenager and I'm going to tell everybody why oh I can't. This is going to ruin my rep. You can't yeah, do okay. this. No, I think we need to do it. I think it's important. <laughs> so when we were doing our sauna and uh, pond dipping, so we'd be in the sauna for 10 minutes and then we'd go out and then we'd get into the freezing pond yes, and then ma'am. we'd go back into the sauna and we were, et cetera. Um, and Catherine went to get our uh, lovely towels that she'd given us for the, yes. pur- for the purpose of this. And uh, she said, oh, do you mind if I go up to your bedrooms and just get them before you? We're like, no, that's very kind of you, Catherine. And uh, what did she discover? <laughs> Well, she discovered my bedroom's on the inside of my mind when I'm yes. not at home. Yes. And uh, my towel's on the floor, wet, Your wet by the towel by... <laughs> was on the floor. Where was yours, Trish? Mine was all hanging up nice and dry on the radiator. <laughs> and what are we always moaning about with our teenagers on this programme? Trish. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. Oh, anyway, <laughs> anyway. But I think the other thing that we learned as well is is this group 
situation is really lovely now you've been doing mm. it at home I've been actually going to yoga um in classes and I've been outside at outside gyms where there are lots of people because obviously I need an audience for everything I do but doing things like this together I think mm. really does set you set your mind on the right path doesn't it I think we've done so much of it on our own and I don't think you can underestimate how important moving and exercise yeah. is for women in midlife um and the other thing that I found fantastic about Catherine is she perfectly understood the HRT journey she really yes. understood she on HRT herself she was able to talk to us about that and I think it's quite rare for personal trainers to take that into account I mean yeah. I, honestly I do a lot of interviews with fitness experts and very few make that a predominant part of their mm-hmm. training planning their training planning mm-hmm. because you know it's very different for women in midlife because of the risk of osteoporosis because of our lack of collagen our decline in muscle um, mm. function so exercise and investing in exercise is really important because also you sleep better I had fantastic sleep it's also worth a couple of nights away from the routine that you're in so you yeah. can think about it quietly about what you might change and what you might reset and you know we had one of our guests talking about thresholds didn't mean going through mm. doors into new things and I think something like this whether you do it virtually actually um just this kind of getting an expert to help you look at you and what you do from the outside yeah. and reset steps you across a threshold yeah. to something new which is yeah. really important in midlife I think for anybody who's listening who's probably uh, maybe a retreat isn't on their uh, their agenda at the moment yeah. we've got loads of brilliant fitness and nutrition experts that we've talked to on the podcast absolutely so it's really worth uh, dipping back into the show because you could almost do your well little retreat with us on the podcast couldn't you and talk about fit you know well yeah we could be your retreat what would be on a postcards from midlife Mm. retreat trish would there be biscuits i'd quite like oh what the sound of you munching hobnobs (laughs) yes (laughs) i'm not sure about that (laughs) so if you want to find out more about Catherine and steed court the website address is steed court private fitness retreat .co.uk the packages are bespoke so prices really do depend on what you're looking for how many of you go when you go etc um and it's time now i think to ask an actual expert about what's right for you when it comes to going away for a reset rebalance and recharge quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 50 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This week's guest is Caroline Silga-Jones, who has what must be one of the most 
jammiest jobs in the world. A journalist and author, she has been writing about retreats for over 30 years for newspapers such as The Guardian, Times, Telegraph, and magazines like Condé Nast Traveller, Red, and Psychologies, where she is retreat editor. In 2011, she started a personal blog under the title Queen of Retreats, which evolved into a website that has now become one of the leading authorities for retreats worldwide. Whether you want to find a holistic spa in the sun, try a vegan cleanse in the mountains, pick up a paintbrush or try a bookbinding workshop in Edinburgh, Queen of Retreats will open up a whole new world, quite literally, of places to heal, recharge, inspire and energise. Caroline 52 is also the author of two healthy travel guidebooks, is a published poet and a consultant for retreats, helping some of the biggest brands in the industry to create thriving wellness businesses. She lives in Devon with her husband, Tom, and 11-year-old daughter, Anushka, and she is here today to give us the inside scoop on finding your perfect retreat, whether it's for mind, body or soul. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife, Caroline. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. Oh, well, listen, we've just been on a retreat ourselves with the fabulous Catherine Freeland at Steed Court in Kent. And our new favourite verb, in fact, is retreating. It's a verb. Um, tell us why you think retreating is so important. I think retreating is so important for everyone, particularly now, because it enables you to step out of your life completely, away from everything, and do whatever you need to do in that moment or in that stage of your life and return renewed. So for you guys, you had a good time at Steve Court because perhaps you really needed that little health and fitness fix. For someone else, it might be they want to go on a grief retreat to grieve. They might want to go on a poetry retreat to write. They might want to cleanse, dance, detox. So I believe passionately, particularly now with everything that we've been through in the last two years, I don't know anyone who isn't struggling in one way or the other and wouldn't benefit from taking a massive break or a short break and and doing something for themselves. Yeah, I mean, the website, Queen of Retreats, is it does give a guide to everything, like every possible kind of retreat. But you're kind of an adventurer, aren't you? So where did it all start for you? How did the travel bug bite you? The travel bug bit me when, because my I grew up with a father who had an adventure travel company during the 70s when I was a kid. And I grew up with him going off to the Sahara Desert on adventure trips and the Red Sea and things like that. And I, I would see him leave, see him come home. And I, I found that terribly exciting. So I think I always had that travel bug in my blood. Um, and as soon as I could, I just started to go off on my own and do little trips and things like that. So one thing led to another. I became a travel journalist with a backpack and working for rough guides and saw days and things like that. But during the course of that journey, I understood more about my own well-being. I, I got yeah. extremely knackered and frazzled, you know, <laughs> as one does. And um, literally on a beach on Koh Panyang in Thailand, I saw these people kind of waving their arms in the air. And that was yoga. I did my first yoga class. I met an American woman who was on her first cleanse. And I found that very intriguing. So I did my first cleanse and one thing led to another. And I, and I got very into that kind of mm. trip. So that's how I discovered well-being. So, so you were kind of doing it before the well-being takeover, as it were, because there's a little bit of cynicism around it, isn't it? But it's actually just a, seeing a holiday in the true sense, isn't it? A, a time to calm your mind and start again. 
Totally. I mean, I think the cynicism comes perhaps from the kind of feeling that, you know, it's just people sitting around knitting yogurt and things like that, you know, yes. sarcastic comments that come out. But actually, retreating is for everyone now. There are so many different types of retreats on uh, Queen of Retreats and that I've been to to cater to all needs, whether you're a menopausal woman or a, or a you know, teenager or, or a grandpa who wants to discover pottery. Um, you know, there, there's increasing amounts of stuff out there. So yeah, at, at that stage, that was in the 90s. I still wanted to explore, but I wanted to feel good too. I gave up smoking Marlboro Lights on an island with a hypnotherapist. I mean, that was one of the best things ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it was combining the two, travel, living, joy, with feeling good, feeling mm-hmm. genuinely good, not through anything else. You know? mm-hmm. And in terms of where you are now in your life, in your midlife, what is the kind of retreat that you really wish you were on today or tomorrow? Probably two kinds of retreat. One would be a madly creative retreat that was nothing to do with a written word, because I've been doing a lot of writing. Something like maybe a painting course in a, a place called Curious House in Sussex, which has a beautiful boutique pub and brilliant art teachers. Um, I would love to be doing a painting course there with them. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a kind of dance mixing life coaching course in Ibiza. When I say course, I mean retreat. There's one about to come up with a company called Santosh. A really joyful thing to do, learning dance, Argentinian tango. Can I take Giovanni from Strictly on that one? <laughs> it's actually staffed by professional dancers and led by this fantastic woman who's also a life coach. So you can learn to face your fears and dance beautifully, but you can also kind of deal with your issues if you want to at the same time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of stuff comes out when we have that physical yeah. movement. So say I'm thinking I've saved up, my lovely family have bought me a retreat for my 50th but I don't really know where to start. What am I looking for? What are my do's and don'ts? Do I write a list? How do, how do I book a retreat that's perfect for the stage of life I'm at? My advice, first of all, would be, yeah, exactly that. Tap into what exactly it is you need. Some people think they want to go on a group retreat with lots of other people, whereas actually what they really need is to be alone and nurtured with, with somebody in private. Other people think they want to be somewhere alone, but actually they desperately need connection. If that's you, don't be scared and don't don't underestimate the power of the group retreat. Some people are nervous about that. I'm actually quite an introvert and some of the most powerful experiences I've had are in a group which is held and supported by professional people and you can feel so amazing in that in that space depending on what your needs are. Mm-hmm. But do you write a list of your needs and and what about the practical stuff should I be you know, do you write kind of somewhere hot or, you know, within two hours? What sort of practically makes a good retreat? Particularly now, we want to try and be sustainable and for yourself as well as the, the planet. Yeah. So I would say if you haven't retreated before, near to home is good. You don't want to be doing right. loads of long trips. Where is it? What does it look like? I think the things that make a really good retreat, 100% top one is the people. Who is running it? What therapists right. and chefs are on it? That if the people are right, the place itself can be quite humble. We have all ranges of retreat on Queen of Retreats, budget, medium and high end. It doesn't have to be high end to be brilliant. People have a misconception. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. some really simple places and experiences which are not expensive, which can be transformational. So, yeah, think where, where is it? How far is it going to take me? How, how long is it going to take me to get there? Who is running it? What do I need, really? Am I knackered? Do I want solace and nurture? 
am I bored? Do I want to tap into a creative spirit that I know is there? Do I need to heal? Do I need to scream? Do I need to hula hoop? Um, think of your needs and then check the place out mm-hmm. thoroughly. Okay. Don't, don't be afraid to ask questions. Mm-hmm. I, I, that, that's, a, that's my number one tip. Mm. And you work with businesses, don't you, that want to set up retreats or add more retreats. You're a consultant. What are the kind of do's and don'ts? Because I'm sure you, having been on so many over the years, you've been on some really good ones you've told us about. You've obviously probably been on some really awful ones as well. What are the kind of do's and don'ts in terms of the retreats themselves? Look, being brutally honest, I would say a lot of people think they can. And actually, mm-hmm. it is an utterly exhausting experience if not done properly. Yeah. So if you've got a talent and you you are seriously wanting to take that to the world in a retreat setting, get a team around you, get someone to host it, get someone to do everything around you so that you yourself are just offering the skills that you have and that's it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, on Queen of Retreats, we only review retreats that have been running for two years or more, deliberately so that we are only reviewing companies who have shown their commitment to, the, to running them. Because mm-hmm. so often I've seen people start wonderful retreats in many ways, but who after a year are just burnt out and they think, no, no, that's not for me. So again, mm-hmm. it just always comes back down to the people. Who's running it? What's the team like? How am I going to be nurtured and supported? And it's the same as if you were deciding you want to run one. You know, am I really cut out for this? It, it's 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 like it's like teaching. It's like it's it, it is a vacation. It's not just something you can do on the side. I personally don't think. Mm-hmm. And what are the big trends in retreat? Because I think you were saying creativity is coming up, and I know I notice a lot of writing about retreats to deal with grief, um, particularly now. What what's what's coming over the next couple of years for us? I would say the major emotional and mental health pandemic that we are in right right now will only escalate and we are seeing more retreats to cater for those needs for adults um, but also for children and teenagers there is an increasing need from that the inquiries that we're getting on queen of retreats people from all over the country and the world wanting support with anxiety depression grief Mm. as you say heartbreak loss so yes. these would be retreats run by mental health qualified experts that we can verify. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We, we, we wouldn't put mental health retreats on Queen of Retreats or review them if they weren't mm. run by qualified experts. Uh, yeah. And there is an increasing need for more, actually. People like psychotherapists or counsellors to get involved and run, and run retreats. We need mm. more of them. Also, as you have pointed out, creativity. People want joy. Mm. People want to go away and experience joy. They want to connect with themselves, with others, with people they love. They perhaps want to do family retreats with their family. So, so we're seeing people wanting to do that too. You know, you don't have to. You, going on a retreat is not about necessarily having an issue that you need to fix. It's also about having a good time and feeling good. Is that painting and pottery and painting that kind pottery. of crochet malarkey is that happening painting pottery photography uh dance book binding quite like um, that what's book binding what do you do on a book binding so retreat? You, the traveling book binder have a retreat on iona yeah. um and you you're taught as a beginner how to bind a book literally how to make a book with your mm-hmm. hands wow. um, and also during the course of that you you know, meet some really cool people. And again, it's uh, explore how you're feeling in life and using that as a metaphor, perhaps to help craft your own life in the way that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, art therapy is also another trend that's coming up. Um, we have a really lovely retreat on Queen of Retreats called Artful Retreats based in Crete. 
And again, you don't have to be, you don't have to be a brilliant artist to go on that at all. It's about using art to explore how you feel and how you think about things, what your next chapter might be, that kind of stuff. These are, these are different from what used to be activity holidays and boot camps and yoga trips, aren't they? Retreats is a very different way of looking at a holiday, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. I think there are more and more out there. There's more and more themes coming up. Um, There's a guitar retreat that I've just recently um, discovered, things like that, singing retreats. So yes, I think the difference is that what makes them not just a kind of hobby holiday is that there's something there that is deeply nurturing and Mm -hmm. available to you if you want it, if you want to change yourself or your life. So mm-hmm. I think that's the difference. Mm. And also increasingly people do care about your well-being. So the food is much better. There's massage available. It's the whole holistic approach. And you will have done a lot of these, most of the ones I assume on your own as a solo traveller, because you're, you're a journalist, you're reviewing, you're going on your own. You must have met some really interesting people and different kinds of people. So for anybody solo who is thinking about this, what advice would you have for them? I think I would advise them to be brave as I myself have had to be on numerous occasions and say that if you're on your own, you don't have to go in a group. You can take a friend and have a private retreat, something Mm -hmm. tailored just for you. You could even arrange for a group of you to do stuff with people. So you don't have to be with strangers, but actually if you have that courage to go and meet like-minded people with other solo people who are all looking for different things in their life, you know, away from their friends and family, you can have an amazingly transformative experience and a lot of laughs as well. Mm. So I would say bravery is the main thing. And have any that you've been on sort of changed you, changed your life in any particular way? Lots of different ones in different ways at different stages. My go-to retreats, I have to say, are silent retreats where Mm. you are really in silence, but you're supported by a community. That's my worst nightmare. You say that, and I reckon that means that you would actually benefit enormously from it. It, Because the people who say that are always the ones that love it the most when they've done it. I promise you, (laughs) I can talk about that later. I reckon I got 15 minutes of silence in me at any time in my life. (laughs) It's just that you're not chit-chatting and you actually find that there's an energy and you communicate in other ways that make you feel amazing and supported. So Mm. you feel the sense of community, but it's not about what you ate for dinner and you know what your husband's doing for a living and all that you just Mm. get rid of your backstory and you meet people as a woman or as a man or whoever you are in that moment and it's extremely liberating what's the longest silent retreat you've done Caroline I did an 11 day at a monastery in Thailand which was hell (laughs) which was pretty amazing but also quite challenging but Honestly, I felt amazing after it. You are allowed to talk. It's not like that. It's not like if you talk, you know, you're going to be banished. But um, it's the silence is it comes in other things. Can you listen to things? Because I would worry if I'm silent, if I can't listen to an audio book or a podcast, I'm just going to have my the, the stuff going on in my head. And oh, I wouldn't want to listen to the stuff going on. In <laughs> no, you wouldn't. No, exactly. You know, like the noise in your head, or is that something that passes? Does it? Well, it, it does pass actually. The mm. more you calm down and you drop down into that space, you'll find that the noise in your head does calm. And of mm-hmm. course, it's a supported atmosphere, usually accompanied by mindfulness or meditation. Mm and guidance and you listen to talks in the evening by people who are massively inspirational Mm -hmm. you can of course listen to whatever you want the idea is on any retreat though however is that you put aside what you normally would do watching films listening to stuff digitally detox get Mm -hmm. off social media because that way 
you are more likely to really listen to yourself and what's going on. I guess those are my kind of really memorable retreats. Yeah. Well, we had Ruby Wax on the show and she she was about to head off on a, on a silent retreat. She's a fan and goodness, if she can stop talking, Lorraine, so can you. You can do it. Yes. She can do it. You can oh, you do can. it. Now, it just seems like almost that for midlife, retreats are just like the answer, aren't they? Because it's such a period of change. You're happy. You've got so much going on. It's busy. It can be quite stressful. And you're also thinking, looking back, you're looking forward. So retreats can kind of really help with that process, don't they? Do you, are you seeing more and more midlife women? Is there, is there a kind of demographic of people booking retreats that you're aware of? 100%. I mean, midlife women, to be honest, there's always been a massive market there. Mm-hmm. I just think more of us are bothering. So definitely more and more women, you know, 40s and 50s for sure there's also an increasing amount for them so when it comes to the menopause in particular there are some lovely spa hotels with dedicated menopause programs which you wouldn't have seen a few years ago there's also more humble retreats at beautiful bt cavens dedicated to menopausal women not sort of seeing the menopause as this big issue it's just like a rite of passage and a way of life and something that we all go through mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a problem or a trauma so there's there's more retreats coming up for people to gather to women to gather talk to each other learn about maybe the foods that they might be wanting to eat now the stuff mm-hmm. that they should be doing talking through issues you know in a good way but again not just menopause retreats i mean anything is available to people mm-hmm. new skills deep breaths and- how has your midlife been? Because you had your daughter when you were 40. So you entered midlife with a very young child, which is in common with um, a lot of our listeners. I had a child at 43. How has it been? Well, <laughs> where can I start? There's no way on earth I would have been able to give birth before 40. I just was not interested. I wasn't one of those women that wanted to have kids when I was 20, 30 even. I didn't have any choice. I just knew that I wanted to have a child. And I I was blessed with the ability to have a child with my husband who I like and loved and love still. Um, Mm -hmm. But look, it was an absolute shock. I mean, no one prepared me. I thought I was going to be this barefoot goddess, you know, with her long skirt. (laughs) We all do. Yeah. Cradling this was completely the opposite. It was an absolute shock. When Anushka was 11 months old, I developed insomnia and had it for two years. That has been my midlife trial and challenge I got over it I worked through it and now my sleep's good but if I am anxious or overall sleep is the first thing to go right so um on the other hand I at the same time I'm really glad that I gave birth at 40 and was an older mum I, I I think I would have been really rubbish <laughs> in my 30s there's joys to be had now because she's 11 she's keeping us young I kind of love that too. So yeah, it's it's been a mix. Really wonderful and really exhausting at the same time. And how was your perimenopause that time leading into the, the menopause? What, did you experience any symptoms? I don't think I was aware of it at the time. And again, mm. with the sleep Many thing, women don't, yeah. No, that's it. I, I think with the sleep thing, that I felt like that was just hormonal changes and also the shock. So the sleep thing might have been it, you know, in my 40s. I do know that, you know, in my late 40s, early 50s, I have felt, um, I think one of you guys mentioned it on a call as well recently, a, a kind of increasing sense of rage, actually, just general mm. rage. Um, <laughs> and of course, you can't really unpick that now with uh, Brexit, COVID and the war. But yeah. um, I think that's definitely also been accompanying me. And when I realised that some of these things were possible pre-menopause and menopausal symptoms, I was like, oh, right, okay, you yeah. know. Of course, people don't talk about that enough. 
and um, you kind of feel like there's something wrong with you. And of course, there isn't. It's just being a human, being a woman. I'm just quite interested about the only child thing as well. So you had Anushka at 40. You were only going to have one child. How do you think that dynamic plays out? Because, you know, I've got two children. Lorraine's got four. It's quite, I'm quite fascinated. My sister's got an only child and I find it quite fascinating. Is it quite an intense three-way relationship between the three of you? I love it. It's like we're the three musketeers. I wouldn't have it any other way. I think if I had had a baby 10 years before, I might well have gone on and had more. You know, I do have fantasies sometimes of having like this large tribe. And I I love the idea of that. But um, it just felt absolutely right for us just to have one. So yeah, I think it has its pros and cons. It's wonderful. There's, you know, less to do, fewer resources. You know, you don't use so many resources. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just us three. You can always share a hotel room. You don't have to pay double. (laughs) Where do you go on holiday then with with the three of you then? Because we have to try and pick to fit the kind of groups of us, the six of us. (laughs) You know what? It changes every year as she gets older. Um, Pre-pandemic, we absolutely loved. We went to Hartopia. On the Ilda Ray, and we stayed in a Ooh. we actually stayed in a caravan that we borrowed from my parents, and we loved that. And she loved just running wild with all the other kids. Yeah. In August, we've got planned a trip to Amsterdam. We're going to go to Amsterdam. We're going to go cycling. We, we try and find things that we all like to do, especially physically together. Cycling is one of them. So living in the country, she loves cities. We have been on a few family retreats. I went on a retreat with Anushka, just me and her, called Holy Mama in, in Ibiza, which was really cool. Women are taken care of. They have yoga and they have massage and they eat really well. The kids have lots of other stuff going on, art sessions, well-being, their own little yoga. And then you have mother and daughter time too. It's particularly good for really young mums with mm-hmm. young children and yeah. toddlers. Yeah. And we've been on and older retreats too, where Tom and me could really hang out and chill. Uh, She was entertained with other children. There were 17 of them running around a pool, but they also had yoga classes, art classes. And that was run by a teacher at a beautiful place in Spain. So I think that's another gap in the market. There are more and more family retreats coming on board. Not not where you're kind of shoving your kids in a kids club, where it's for the parents, for the children, and for them together as well. So having, being older parents, I suppose, do you find yourself, you know, you're at the school gates or on these retreats, you're with people in their 30s and 40s, and you're now into your 50s. Is that something that you found from having a a child later on? I think in Devon, a little bit. Um, I think if I'd been in a city, I would have met a lot more older Mm mums who'd chosen just to have one child. But I have got some fantastic friends around here in their 40s um, who have gone on to have other kids it's okay. I just get on with it. And, and with each um, day that passes, the older I get, the less I'm concerned about what other people are doing and more I'm yeah. concerned about having yeah. just having a good life until we all die. Basically. Yeah, it's a good philosophy. <laughs> so, so if you're a woman in midlife and you're going through all these changes and you're economically able to do this, but, you know, there are a lot of retreats that are not wildly expensive and you want to do it and you want to go away, but you're a bit worried about saying to your family, I want to do this with a friend or I want to do this on my own because I kind of need to do it. You've seen these women, I'm, I'm sure, on retreats. How do you do it without feeling guilty, without feeling you're being self-indulgent, without feeling it's just too much privilege? And how do you persuade everyone around you to believe in you that that's what you need? Look, I have so many friends that have that, okay? They, yeah. they, don't, they won't do it. They don't feel able. And yet when you actually talk to them, they desperately need to do it and they desperately do want to do it. Yeah. So just sod it, sod the guilt. 
It doesn't matter. If they look after themselves, if we look after ourselves as women, we are then better able to look after everyone else, if that's what we're doing, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now is our time. We stand in your power and see what you need and, and take what you need. You know, sometimes it doesn't have to be a long thing. It could be a weekend. Yeah. I think everyone should have a retreat in the diary every year, even if it's a short one. Do one with a friend. I'm actually going to bath tomorrow with a friend. We're doing our own little mini break. I mean, and that we're treating that as a retreat. We're kind of going for a walk. We're going to an art gallery. I mean, you can see it. You can see any little thing like that as a retreat as well. Mm -hmm. But if you pick the right location, you can have that and go a bit deeper. So I would say start small. Do something nearby for a day or a weekend. Pick the right people who are leading it and then see how you feel after. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I reckon you'll probably book another one. And obviously there's been um, probably from the pandemic, huge growth in virtual retreats as well. Is that something you're a fan of? Have you experienced those? Because obviously that's another much more affordable option for people as well. I would say personally, I would always much rather have an in-flesh retreat. Mm -hmm. I think there's something completely transformational about meeting people and being with people in the same room or on the same hillside. There are good virtual retreats out there. We do have a few on Queen of Retreats. If you're considering a virtual retreat, I think you need to absolutely look for things where it is properly held. So you've got live communication every day of that retreat and support on the phone or on email throughout the course of that retreat Mm -hmm. it's not it can't just be pre-recorded that doesn't work also of course you need to think about your home space if you're trying to Mm -hmm. retreat properly at home but everything is not is as normal you don't have a quiet space you've still got to kick all the meals or whatever it is you're doing that that won't work so Mm -hmm. I mean I've got friends for example who have actually hired a little literally down the road, a little self-catering studio and done a a creative writing retreat. And that's worked really well. And that's Mm -hmm. been quite affordable and and able, they've able to do that. But there's one particular company, Arvin at Home, that Arvin do lots of amazing writing courses all over the UK, but they have during the pandemic established this new line of retreating called Arvin at Home. And those kinds of virtual retreats work really well because you've got enough attention and group work and proper support. We went on our two-day retreat and little Trish gets on the train. She's got a little tiny rucksack, barely anything in it. I've got this massive bag full of everything. What do you pack? What would be your, I mean, obviously you've got to take specifics to whatever you're, you know, doing, but what are your must packs and your kind of things that you wouldn't go without? You know what? That is such a good question because still, even after everything I've been doing, every retreat I have to, it takes me ages. Took me ages. So Mm. first of all, get a really cool small bag and say you cannot have anything other than what fits in here right. I'd say really comfortable shoes walking shoes a shawl a really really warm oh, interesting shawl mm-hmm. something that wraps around you wool cashmere a blanket whatever that you like I would always take a candle and matches wherever I am ah. it, it, wherever whatever the space you're in particularly if you're on your own in a room and it's a new thing lighting something that you like the smell of can really ground you and make you feel rooted most retreats even if they're posh you don't need to take many things a, a nice pair of leggings I mean we all wear leggings now anyway don't we that you can mm-hmm. take through into the evening a warm jumper, a couple of tops. I think less is more. Less yes, is helpful more. to 
calm you down and slow you down isn't it without all the thinking if a notebook as well a notebook and pen for Mm -hmm. journaling and just writing notes and stuff like that I don't slippers again look in the UK you've got to think about the temperature of where you're going Mm -hmm. I I actually do always take a pair of slippers yes Mm -hmm. Um, but I would not take a pair of slippers if I was going to Spain or Portugal (laughs) so (laughs) simplicity and comfort isn't it is is kind of because that's what you're trying to do to yourself is trying to simplify things to give yourself some space and mind awareness so you don't want tons of stuff and i think you have uh, to take nice underwear though trish because we went swimming in our underwear didn't we because (laughs) we we just felt the need by the pool and we thought well Well, let's just go in now do it that sounds fantastic but yeah always pop in a swimsuit because you never know also look the the best retreat leaders will give you a packing list okay they will tell you what you mustn't forget they should guide you on that so you get back from your retreat you've got all the done all your things what what do you do do you do a list of how i'm going to incorporate that into my day-to-day life now this is this is the new me is that how it works well no so when you (laughs) that's what I did (laughs) oh that's very good well you can do a list at the end of your retreat with the person who's running the retreat yeah yeah um it's a really good idea to to group yourself together before you leave yeah absolutely you can jot down some things with the person or on your own what do I want to change but you know you can't change your whole life overnight so just a few things that you feel are achievable definitely go back if you can with that list I would say again the best retreats will check up on you check in on you they'd be there if you want to ask them a question to support and a lot of the retreats on queen of retreats have aftercare in that way yeah um like you know it's all very well to do a week and then you're just back in your life and everything gets a shambles within a week just pick the things that you feel are achievable whatever that might be whether that's tweaking what you eat for breakfast having breakfast going for a walk more. Well, we imagine you living a very Zen life down in, in Devon, where you live. That move to Devon was inspired by your kind of travel gut instinct, wasn't it? It was. I grew up in Surrey, but I went on holiday a lot down in Devon. And whenever I was at my happiest, wherever I was, I remember one particular time in Istanbul listen, at the Bosphorus, listening to the boat masts kind of flipping mm-hmm. against each other in the wind. And I remember remarking to my friend how it reminded me of Salkham actually and being by the sea. And she said, do you realise that every time you're really happy, you talk about Devon? Mm. She said, you should go and live there. So I actually moved out of London and found a barn on Dartmoor, rented it for six months with a view to just writing and ended up saying. So yeah, mm-hmm. Devon, Devon was a massive move for me and it, I've never looked back. I absolutely loved it. That was mm-hmm. 2004 now, so quite some mm-hmm. time ago. You did that on your own, didn't you? I did. I did that on my mm-hmm. own and I was single at the time. It was very scary. I woke up one night listening to this owl thinking, what the hell have I done? <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> I met this really cool woman who ran a hotel actually locally and she said, look, if you get through these next few months, I reckon you'll stay here just like I have. And she was mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And also I did choose somewhere... It was Chagford at that time. And there was a really lovely place called the Barefoot Barn where I did yoga. And I knew, I knew that I'd be able to do yoga there. I already mm-hmm. had a practice. Um, and also I knew a couple of people locally, but not that many. So it, it did help. And now mm-hmm. having a family helps. Also going into a city and traveling helps. You've got to get out. And, you mm-hmm. know, we're all human. We all have our foibles. Yeah. So I don't yeah. have a perfect so, life. So wherever we are, we just need to step out of it, don't we? Physically, emotionally, spiritually, every now and then. I think so. Go on retreat once or twice a year or more mm-hmm. if you can to, to do that in a deeper way. So before we let you go, where haven't you been? What's on the list? What's at the top of the dream, the wish list? In January, I did a Vedic meditation retreat um, at a beautiful place called Casa Vazeta in Portugal. And 
that is the first time I have learned to bring meditation directly back into my life. So I'm now meditating every day, twice a day with a woman called Julian Lavender, who runs the London Meditation Centre. They run these retreats for people who are Vedic meditators. So my next plan is to go on one of those. And that will probably be not too far in Somerset, 42 mm. acres. So I'm planning to do that. In terms of something more glamorous and exotic or different, I'd love to go to Costa Rica, actually. And there's a lot of new retreats coming up there. That They've got quite an established retreat market, which we are sending some reviewers out to at the moment. I'm very conscious now of the planet. So if I was to do something like that, I would go for a substantial period of time. Mm-hmm. So I think South America, I have been to Brazil, but I, I, I would love to explore more of South America. And I think there's a lot of amazing stuff going on there, which you'll see on Queen of Retreats in the not too distant future. Thank you so much, Caroline. It was so lovely to talk to you. It's a pleasure. Trish, when you lose it and I say to you, keep your Allens on, do you know what that means? For nostalgia noodle. Oh, for nostalgia noodle. Well, I, I do, but I think you you should be the one to tell. <laughs> well, we used to say it at home and I said, so it's right mm. cockney rhyming slang for knickers. Mm. So it's keep your Alan Wickers on. Oh. Um now do because we're doing travel, do you remember Alan Wicker? God rest I his do. soul. I do. Very <laughs> nice voice and a moustache, I think. <laughs> it just took uh, I was just remembering he died in 2013, old Alan. Just remembering that in the 70s, well in the 80s, we would have watched it. It was kind it was a docu-travel show. Mm. And we looked forward to it so much because it was sort of seeing parts of the world that we thought we would probably never ever see. I mean, my yes. parents, we never went abroad once. No. Um, in fact, they I don't think we went out of Cornwall for a holiday (laughs) (laughs) they're not keen on travel and we didn't have any money so we couldn't travel anywhere so um but Alan Wicker's travels Mm. were the thing that that traveled us as it were me and my sister they took us um around the world I mean if I went anywhere exotic after I left home my dad would say who do you think you are Alan Wicker (laughs) (laughs) and actually my job has taken me to every continent in the world now so I've done a phenomenal amount of traveling and I was just remembering he was just such so fabulous at asking those killer questions Mm -hmm. in a really quiet way with all those suits and his little mustache and those big Mm. thick glasses and he would ask dictators is it true you tortured people while he was talking about what they were eating in Haiti culture versus I know it's quite an issue I don't know whether you would get a program like that Mm. made today maybe not anyway that was my little travel nostalgia noodle and Judith that you mentioned the power couple of travel yes well my mine actually is kind of related but kind of not related we did a lot of showering and watery things didn't we on our retreat in and out that pond and I don't know why got me thinking about school showers and uh, do you remember school showers horrible cold always cold awful awful it was just the most horrific soul-destroying things especially as a teenage girl and you had to kind of queue up in your little towel and go in and they were sort of had mouldy curtains and you'd have to kind of go in and you literally got wet for about 20 seconds and ran out and it's like you're not going to get clean so I think the idea was that you know let's get all these smelly sweaty teenagers nice and clean but you're never going to No, we used to in the comprehensive I went Mm. to um which was on the moors in Cornwall Mm. so you'd have a grueling hockey session some grubby field covered in mud Mm. 
that we didn't have any shower curtains or anything trish it was oh, just God. like it's like cattle being oh put through oh god who's down out the other side hose yeah. down who's out down? the other side and obviously well, teenage girls chaos you'd come oh, out no. the other side and couldn't find any of your clothes no exactly and um neil was telling me that with his uh school showers the pe guy would take a towel and whack their bums as they went in that's not right <laughs> is it all manner of wrong. No, exactly. All manner of wrong. Anyway, how did we make it out of the eighties? I, I tell you what, I'd much rather have a dip in Catherine Freeland's pond any day of the Indeed. week. So that brings us to the end of this week's postcards from midlife. New episodes are available to listen to every Sunday on your podcast provider, and we'd really appreciate it if you could make sure to download your episodes so they count on our listener numbers, and also if you could rate and review us. And please tell your friends about us and the podcast because we want as many women as possible to join the midlife conversation, which is what our private Facebook group is all about. And this week, I shall be putting all our exercise videos. You get to see me and Trish, hysterical <laughs> Jane Fonders of their time, um, with the lovely Catherine correcting all our postures. And Catherine's actually done some videos that you can do during the day as well. Um, if you're not a member, do head over and join Yes, and you can use it to post any feedback on the topics we discuss, as well as suggestions for other things you'd like to hear talked about, or the celebrities and expert guests you'd like to hear us interview. Um, and you can email us, of course, at hello at postcardsfrommidlife.com or pop a little message on the Instagram. Goodbye. Goodbye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.